following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Bank! Bang Bang, what is up you guys? Welcome to episode 41 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. And this is Stank. Stank, a happy belated Mother's Day to uh, all the all the beautiful mothers out there, all the wonderful mothers who, uh, I, I'm not sure how many mothers that we have to listen to this, but uh, nonetheless, a happy belated Mother's Day to all the wonderful moms out there. Uh, you and I, were actually recording on Mother's Day right now. How's, uh, how's the Stankin' family been celebrating Mother's Day? It's full of motherly love and nurturing. You know, we had, uh, it's funny, I started making some breakfast for my wife and she woke up like I was trying to surprise her and uh she's like oh you don't have to do all that here because she ate like the those scrambled eggs I mean she's like let's go lay down and have a lazy day I was like all right cool so then we go to sleep and then my stepson comes in he goes I made breakfast <laughs> so he made breakfast too um but yeah now we're just we're chilling we're enjoying it um unfortunately I don't know about in the city but right now here in elgin it's a gloomy overcast day we're getting some rain drizzles it's not the brightest mother's day but uh you know still full of love yeah it's definitely dark and gloomy out here i you know i just came back from my mother's house and yep same thing with the weather outside it was very dark and ominous but you know it's still still enjoyable you know uh yeah Especially for just like a lazy day, you know, like a- Annie's got the right idea. Just just wanting a nice, yeah. chilling, relaxing day at home because, yeah, with weather like this, it's, uh, I mean, for people that suffer from like uh, seasonal depression, it's easy for them to get bummed out. But I thoroughly enjoy it. I, you know, have have no issue with this kind of weather. Like, yeah. it reminds me of uh, like horror movies from like the 2000s where for some reason they all took place like in this exact weather, in this exact setting, yeah. like just nonstop. It's never just like, yep, yeah, hey, let's 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 light this movie up and have it look really nice and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a pretty relaxing Sunday so far. It's still a little bit early. I told you, I've, who I'm running on like very very little sleep. I yeah, I, I made the mistake of uh, starting to starting to watch an episode of Fargo, which I'm not sure if I mentioned last week. I'd started, but you, I. I definitely talk about it a lot in in this week's episode. Um yeah. but I started watching it and before I knew it it was I was just like, Oh, I finished season one. I'm like, Well, let me just start season two. And then it was seven in the morning and I was like, Holy shit I'm like, I gotta be up in a few hours to to go have breakfast with yeah. my mom. So uh it's very weird. I have no concept of what time it actually is right now. Um but on the bright side I'm I finished season one of Fargo, which have, have you seen it all? No, I, I do know that, uh, you and McGregor's in there. He plays twins, right? No, I mean, maybe, what season, show? I don't know. What show am I thinking? Holy crap. I mean, it might list, it might be season two or three of Fargo, but oh, maybe, I, yeah. I mean, season one, no season one had a, what's his name? Uh, Billy Bob Thornton in it. Um, yeah. Fuck the, the guy from, Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman is in it as well. There's a mm-hmm. lot of there's a lot of people. There's like there's a, a fun cameo by fucking uh, Key and Peele in it. Uh, really good show. You know, I I love the movie Fargo. I love everything the Coen Brothers do. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, that that's been actually keeping me busy pretty much this week. And with as busy it's been at work, I've 
don't have time to just sit there and binge more than one episode at a time because each episode is like an hour long. But now I've been, I'm fully caught up with season one. I'm starting season two and um, I'm excited, which basically means that for the next two, three weeks, guys, this will probably be, <laughs> you'll hear a lot of Fargo talk from me. Fargo talk. Uh, but I know Dave, you mentioned to me earlier that you actually started watching some more episodes of uh, Dave. Yeah. So I think I'm, I'm like halfway through episode four. And I got to be honest with you, I'm still not sold on the show. It's got some funny premises. And it's weird because um, just almost everybody I know is like, this show is great. I don't know. I like Lil Dicky. I think I think the show is actually kind of funny, but it's just not, I don't know what it is. I haven't been hooked yet, but I'm plowing through it. I think episode five will change your mind. Episode five is the one that a lot of people, Yeah, that you know, that's the one that kind of like, reels them in i know even for myself like kind of kind of what you're saying first few episodes i was like okay you know this is funny it's it's something you know fun to watch but after that episode that kind of like all right i'm in that kind of sealed it for me um yeah and it's been a lot of shows ending lately i know westworld i'm not sure if we talked about our feelings on this last episode of westworld um i mean very, very brief without any spoilers. Uh, what, what did you think? I got to be honest with you. Not my favorite season. <laughs> it, it was short. And also, not the biggest fan of Maeve. I was all right with her in season one. And then, I mean, minor, minor spoilers. It seems like since season two, they've just been giving her, like, weird powers it just don't make sense it's just like it's too much yeah so. i no i i totally agree with you i've i've been saying for a while now this season it's fine just not yeah it exists yeah it exists it's okay um just not my favorite you know like i i really wish that there would have been more of season like i wish season like season one to me is perfect it's the perfect season oh um, yeah and a lot of people didn't like season two but i i didn't like it as much as season one but like season one set a really high mark and so that's understandable and i almost you know? wish there would have been a third season like i wish this current season would have been like a season four or something because i wish there would have been more stuff with them at the actual park like right i feel not enough park stuff not enough park stuff like even like for the most part i i enjoyed season two i think people's complaint with season two was that for the most part it was just one long uh flashback yeah you know um but i Listen, I I love those Jurassic Park movies for this for the simple fact of like, oh, well, we should just reopen the park, everything will be fine, you know. And like I appreciate them kind of going the more realistic approach of like, no, we're not going to just reopen this park full of murderous sentient robots that we give guns to, you know. Well, and, so, and for me, some of the most interesting parts of season three are where you see glimpses of the park completely shut down. You know, I don't want to spoil anything, but like a character goes back and then you kind of see it. And you're like, oh, wow, these these things have been standing in time for, you know, however, I think it was like six months or something. Yes, since the- something like that. Yeah, I, I, I wanted more park. I wanted more Delos. Yeah. I mean, with the way this season, with this last season, the way it ended, 
I don't know where they're yeah. going. Um, I don't necessarily yeah, know like, it's good or not. It's not Westworld anymore if they're out of the park. Now it's not. I will say the, the one cool thing, and they did kind of get to expand upon it, I think, in the last episode, was uh, Dolores, uh, Evan Rachel Wood, is a legit black belt in Taekwondo. So, like, to see her be able to do fight choreography with Maeve, Tan- or, yeah, Tandy Newton, um, was pretty cool. They, they had some, and to me, like, it, it wasn't, a, like, they could have crammed more of that actual fighting stuff in there. But it was kind of cool to see. Um, but, yeah, I was just, yeah, it, it, it almost seemed like they were fulfilling a contractual obligation. Like, they had to do a season three, and they're like, here's your season three. So. Very much, yeah. But you know what? Like, the po- both those post-credit <laughs> scenes really got me excited yes. for, for next season. Yes. It's, it, the show does a really good job with, like, its post-credit scenes. You know, where it's just like, mm-hmm. what the, like, the post-credit scene from season two, like, that's still yes. yet to happen. That's still yet right. to come to fruition. Um, and I'm, I, 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 I can't really t- talk my theories without uh, spoiling yeah. this season's post-credits, but I very much think that those two are connected in, in more ways than yeah. we may think. Um, but yeah, you know, I've, I've been catching up with those two. I, earlier... Um, so as we mentioned, as we're recording this Sunday, it's, uh, money in the bank. Well, it should have been money in the bank and they're doing the whole WWE corporate ladder. Thing. I don't know. Yeah. Gotta be honest with you guys. Not a fan of it. Don't care. You know, people keep like pitching it to me like, Oh, well, it's the raid, but WWE. And it's like, well, if I want to watch the raid. I'll, I'll, I'll watch the yeah. raid. Yeah. I think the raid probably does it better. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm just like, I, I don't care. <laughs> I, again, you know, not to be negative, but I'm just like, don't care. Uh, but I was watching back the uh, the match with CM Punk and John Cena from Money in the Bank from, you know, almost like 10 years now. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That was almost 10 years ago. Um, and, yeah, that, that got me a little nostalgic. I, I was like, oh, man. I'm like, this was this was so much fun. But it's one of the good things, you know, with wrestling, you're able to go back and, and rewatch uh, the things you love, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, um, for for that concept, I've been thinking about it, and we actually kind of touched on it in um, our interview. Um, you know, with Tom Segura, say we interviewed Tom Segura. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was really good. The guy's funny, believe it or not. No. But you know, if you guys haven't been paying attention to the wrestling Twitterverse, he made a bunch of comments, and apparently, he's actually a wrestling fan. He was just doing it to rile up uh Bert Kreischer but he he made some points that a lot of non-wrestling fans make he said it's fake hey guys it's not real it's not a real sporting competition everybody knows that now like we're past kayfabe at this point um but I think like the thrill of watching wrestling is it's the live aspect it's the it's the same reason why it's fun going to like medieval times you know that these guys are doing it in real time and anything could fuck up and it's kind of like, you know, watching live theater. And to me, a lot of these pre-tape things take that away. It, you, you know what I mean? Like the Boneyard match was fine, but, you know, no, I, 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 a I, I, fight I scene in a movie and it's a hundred times better than that. No, right? I, I definitely agree with you. Like it's, it's one of the biggest components from it missing. And yeah, like it's, 
again, I've said it before, it's okay to not watch it, to not enjoy it, to not want exactly. to listen to it or, or see it, you know, it's... I've chosen to abstain. Yeah, so. like, I still, I listen to all the podcasts from the Post Wrestling Boys, and <laughs> they keep me updated on what's going on, and... And they do a great job of it. They do a great job of it, and that's fine. I'd much rather, you know, spend my time listening... Listen, oh, sorry, I had a little little burp there. That's uh, listening to them talk about it as opposed to trying to force myself to, to watch something I know I'm not going to enjoy. Right. Um, but something I did enjoy very thoroughly. Uh, and we, so we talk about it in this week's interview with uh, Blue Meanie, who, uh, oh, my God, loved this interview. It, it went by great so dude. quick. Yeah, great dude. He's my new best friend, obviously. He mentions uh, during the interview, uh, there's a video of this man who goes by the name No Life Shack. He does a lot of these <laughs> reaction videos, and he does one to Freebird by Leonard Skinner. For those of you who know me personally, I I love Freebird. Freebird is just yeah. one of my favorite songs. You know, not even just like classic. No, just one of my favorite pieces of music ever constructed. Like I, I think it's beautiful. If it's in like a movie, I instantly love that movie that much more. You know, same thing with like TV, whatever. Whenever I hear it, I love it. You know, like most notably, there's there's two movies in which it's used, which are just two badass scenes. The first being in Kingsman, when he like yes. destroys all these like fucking in the church. Yeah, all these like <laughs> Blue Lives Matter, MAGA, abortion yeah. is wrong people in a church. He just destroys them. And the song's playing in the background. It's it's really awesome. And then um, he kills at least a hundred people, <laughs> at least in the most over the top Tarantino esque violent ways. It's it's yeah. beautiful, you know. As far as like over the top movie deaths go, that that's it's a really good one. Um, and then the second being in the Devil, the classic, the classic Devil's yeah. Rejects, the way it ends, which it it again bummed me out at like how much I very wish they wouldn't have made like three from hell yeah this is the follow-up sequel to it which like it's fine i just i like to pretend that movie doesn't exist devil's rejects ended the whole thing perfectly perfectly you know and for those of you who have not seen the devil's rejects like do yourself and it's not for everyone yeah it it, it, is of a thousand corpses and devil's rejects the sequel some people will be thoroughly disgusted by these movies (laughs) but for those of you that aren't these are great. Hey, and DDP is in uh, Devil's Rejects, yep. you know. So support DDP, DDPY, support you know. Your boy. Uh, yeah. So I, it's this video of this man, No Life Shack, just his first time re- reacting to the song, and God damn it, if it didn't make me like fall in love with that song all over again. Do yourself a favor, and you'll hear us talk about it again in, in this week's interview. But uh, look up No Life Shack. Uh, you know, reacts to, to Freebird by Leonard Skinner and. Oh, it's just so good. It's such and, and we, we we talked about this earlier before we got on to record. Like for me, I watch a lot of those people reacting, and I, I love when you know someone that typically listens to hip hop without cynicism will go in completely blind and listen to something outside of their comfort zone and objectively, you know, like I've been guilty of it. I always say I hate country music, and in general, that's that's the rule for me. I just don't like it. But if I'm being completely honest, I've heard some and I'm like, that's pretty great. And, but sometimes I'm self-conscious and I don't want to admit it, you know, like it's some sort of failing, 
But when someone goes into these React videos and they say, I'm going to listen to this, and they're truly open-minded and they allow the, the goodness of the music, to, oh, wow, I can acknowledge that something out of my comfort zone is great. It's really nice to hear. And I, I think you mentioned it before. It's really great to recapture that feeling of hearing it the first time. You can get that by watching someone else do it. So, Yeah, because, like, I mean... I'm kind of the same with with country music. It's really only like Johnny Cash that I can like listen to as far as when right. it comes to country. But I, I have given it a, a, a shot, you know. Like there's there's people at the shop who uh, will play country music from time to time, and it's not my thing. But I understand right. why people like it, you know. Like it's not nails on a chalkboard either, though. Like some people like to act. Yeah, and so. it's funny with those React videos. A lot of times, like. And they do it on purpose, you know. They'll get a bunch of fourteen-year-olds and have them listen to, you know, like, imagine yourself at fourteen, and if someone sat you down and they're like, "Here, listen to this music from twenty years ago," you're either gonna love it or hate it. And you know, like, they'll do it where they'll be like, "Oh, here, listen to Nirvana," and they're like, "Oh, I don't know what this is. Ah, it's not really my thing." And people get so upset, and it's, you know, it's like, well, they're they're then they did their job because that's the purpose yeah. of this video to upset you, like. I don't, I'm not going to punish a, you know, I'm not going to condemn a 14, 15 year old for not uh, emotionally connecting with something that I emotionally connected with, you know, right. 10, 12 years ago. Like, that's just, that's not the way life works. Uh, but no, this is, this is one of the more wholesome, you know, reaction yeah. videos, especially like the ending to the video. It's, it, oh, it, it's the best. Do yourself a favor. Look up, you know, uh, Free Freebird Reaction by No Life Shack. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, b- before we get on to the interview, and speaking of opening up to something and genuinely loving it, and strangely enough, you know, in uh, in parallel with it being Mother's Day, so today I sat down and my youngest stepson Jake was watching something on Netflix. It was an animated show, and it looked stupid to me, like right off the bat, like. A lot of the stuff that, uh, you know, my daughter and my younger steps had watched, I'll be like, this is so lame, <laughs> right? But it's it's not of my time, and it's not for me to like normally. It's not aimed at me. But it was a show called, it's on Netflix called uh, The Midnight Gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's done in the style of Adventure Time. So if you're, if you're a fan of Pendleton Ward, he actually does this show. Um, and it looked like nonsense to me. It, it was very, it was a very fantastical setting, and then I sat down, and so I'm going to describe the show as it actually is. Um, there's a comedian named Duncan Trussell. I'm familiar with him. So, and he's got a podcast. So what he's done is he's taken excerpts from his podcast, and then he's made he's built an animated show around it. And so the show is there's this kid that has a simulator. It's in a fantasy world. And then he has, he calls it a space cast and he travels to these different worlds. And he's like, he embodies a different character every time. And he interviews interesting people from these worlds. So like one of them, he, he goes to a different earth that's been overrun by a zombie apocalypse. And he finds an interesting guy and it ends up being the president. Well, the president is voiced by Dr. Drew. Okay. So they're in the White House, zombies are crawling in, and they're having a discussion with Dr. Drew on the podcast while all this stuff's happening. And it's happening in real time in this cartoon. Um, it sounds like 
insanity, which is I com- was completely turned off to it till I watched it. And they're just having a real conversation, and there's a story happening, and they're talking about real stuff. Like they they talk about uh, death, uh, you know, addiction, and it's all done in this fantastical style. But like, I was really getting interested, in, and then we got to the last episode, and one of the most poignant things I've ever seen. And I'm going to spoil a little bit of it for you. It's him talking to his mom who died seven years ago. And in the show, the character talks to death about he's bummed out that his parents are dead. And then the last episode is an episode with his mom, which happened three weeks before she actually passed away in real life. And she's talking to him about overcoming grief of loss. And, you know, she has like stage four cancer and I'm crying while I'm watching this episode and I can tell, I can feel this guy memorializing his mother and she's talking about being still and being one and opening up to the hurt of loss because what you're really feeling is love. And it's, it was one of the most beautiful things born out of the most absurd idea. And so if you get a chance, go on Netflix and watch uh, the midnight gospel. It's not going to be for everyone. But it's one of the most interesting shows I've ever seen in my life, and uh, it was actually a very quick watch. We watched the whole season today, so Jeez, I'm, um, I'm I'm definitely gonna have to check it out. I'm a I'm a fan of Duncan's, yeah. and the, I mean the, yeah. the way you kind of sold it, I'm like, all right, I'm I'm intrigued. I'll at least check out you know the first episode. Just uh, yeah, I completely wrote it off, but I was sitting there kind of spaced out, and then I was like, wait a second, is that Doctor Drew? And he's like, yeah, and then he he explained to me it's a podcast. It's it's this guy's podcast. And I was like, but it sounds like they're really talking like a real podcast. Like it's not a show. And then I read up on it in Wikipedia and it's like, Oh, this is his actual podcast. So very rarely do we get unique stuff on TV anymore. This is one of those things. And I think it deserves a watch. So I'll, I'll definitely check it out. I'm yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm intrigued again. I, I had no idea Duncan Trussell had his own show, but I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely have to, to give it a look. Um, well, really quickly before we get into this week's episode, uh, for those of you unaware, we're currently running a contest. It's uh, the road yeah. to one thousand. We're trying to get a thousand uh, followers on Twitter. Uh, if you head over to our Twitter page, you'll you'll see the pin tweet there. You know, we we got a. Uh, Free T-shirts, you know, courtesy of Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, two Fanny DeVito fanny packs. Which, yes, if you're wondering, is a fanny? What is a Fanny DeVito fanny pack? It is exactly what it's that exactly sounds like. What you're thinking. It yeah. is exactly what you think. And tell, and I'll tell you what, Vinny, uh, friend of the show, he dropped off uh, the Fanny DeVitos uh, earlier in the week, and God, God bless that man for making those those glorious things. They are, they are the best. They are amazing. Yeah. I. I love them. Every time I see them, I, I love. I can't wait till you know the world reopens again and we start seeing them out in the public. Um, yeah, but we got that. You know, we have a uh, Funko Pops that are going to be donated, courtesy of M Three Toys. Which, hey, uh, friend of the show Jesse Kohlberg, he he recently picked up a uh, you know a nice it's little haul, yeah, a nice yeah. little haul over at M Three Toys. Uh, and you know, we got the uh, wrestling DVDs, courtesy of uh, Freelance Wrestling, the official sponsor of the pro- of the PWT cast. And uh, you know a ton of stuff that we're personally donating. Uh, it's it's super easy. You know, just 
follow us online. Um, spread the word. Use the hashtag PW, PWTweetCast. Um, we're just we're trying to get more more ears on us. You know, we have a lot of fun episodes that we've recorded with people that we've recorded in the past. You know, Colt Cabana, Ethan Page, Zach Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, Vicky Guerrero, Kylie Ray, Marty DeRosa, Sarah Shockey, uh, Hornswoggle, Kevin Smith. Yeah. Jason Muse, you know, he makes an appearance as well. Uh, so, yeah, this is your first time listening. Go go check out some of our past episodes. And uh, if you love this episode, you know, follow us, spread the word. You know, we uh, we enjoy meeting all, all, all types of new uh, friends of the show, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode with Blue Meanie. You know, we mentioned it's uh, – boy it was such a fun fun talk like this was this was my first time ever talking with him because i'm not sure i've interacted with him before at like conventions and stuff and he you know he's very much cut from the same cloth that you and i are like it it was very apparent maybe five minutes in like oh okay the three of us this are gonna, is gonna go great. yeah the three of yeah. us are gonna sit here and and have quite the long chat and we did and it was, it was so much fun you know we we almost uh it's you kind of forget that oh yeah this is a you know this is a wrestler this is someone who's been wrestling for so many years um because we just don't really bring it up you know which isn't a bad thing like uh but just well, and to me that that's the cool thing about a lot of the people we interview is like they're just regular people they happen to have a really cool job or had a cool job but like you know they like dumb stuff just like we do you know and that's the best, you know, that, that is the, the absolute best. Uh, but yeah, man, without uh, any further ado, let's go ahead and get to this week's episode with the Blue Meanie. So I've only mentioned uh, umpteenth times on this podcast that uh, I wasn't a wrestling kid growing up. I didn't get into it until a little bit later, but there was always things that I knew about wrestling, you know, like it's hard to grow up in the uh in the late 90s and not know who stone cold steve austin is or who mick foley is and uh, right. i always remember people telling me about the nwo so me in my head going oh i'm like oh, i know nwo um yeah i'm like I, I i saw the i saw the guys yeah i'm like it's it's the three of them you know i'm like it's blue but i always wonder i'm like why are people wearing the black version of the shirts it's these guys are are wearing the blue shirts <laughs> uh, it wasn't until you know actually getting into wrestling uh, at, at about 12 or a few years later that uh, i found out no 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 there's uh, multiple iterations of this nwo so for years who i thought was uh, the nwo in the blue wo was actually the B- bwo and uh we're very fortunate here to to have with us uh blue meanie uh meanie i how are you doing Hey, I'm doing good, man. It's, uh, it's a beautiful heat Saturday here in the apocalypse. Uh, just sitting here, uh, chilling out, enjoying some coffee. Hopefully, uh, about to have some good conversation. So, I got no complaints, my friend. Isn't it weird? But that's for the most part. It's with Dave and I. It's when when we tend to to call each other, be it for you know uh, show stuff or just to talk. It's always, how are you in the midst of this apocalypse? And uh, like at first it was haha, but now it's. You know, with every week where they're just like, oh, hey, now there's killer bees as well as this, you know, terrible <laughs> virus. It's it almost feel it almost feels like 2020 is some sort of movie that someone's just like, uh, and then this and then that. 
it's, it's been one big rib after another. It's just like, oh my God, uh, there was murder hornets. And then, uh, I saw a funny meme, you know, making fun of the murder, murder hornets, but, uh, chainsaw bears have made their way to the United States. <laughs> yeah. Just goofy stuff like that. But just like, oh my God, it's like, as soon as the ball dropped, you know, from 2019 to 2020, it just seems like one major catastrophe after another and uh it, we're living in crazy times but this just seems like to happen once every 100 years because um there was a a story like 100 years ago there was a, a pandemic and it might have been the spanish flu or something oh, like yes, that yeah and uh they were having a big it was like 90, the year was 1919 and they were about to have this big parade here in philly and City officials like, please don't have this parade, and they still had the parade, and thousands of people wound up getting sick just by gathering at the parade, and a lot of people died, and it's it seems like it happens like once every hundred years. Here we are with this uh, coronavirus, and uh, it's it's crazy out there, I man. I got friends who are on the front lines working in the hospitals, and I have friends who've lost loved ones who they'll never see again, and unfortunately. You know, with every, all the guidelines, they probably won't have a proper send off, which is even sadder. So, man, it, it, it's it's crazy times. So, what are some of the things that have been keeping you busy during this pandemic? Because I think that the one interesting thing in kind of just talking to people is it's either, I mean, at least for my friends and family that I that I've spoken to, uh, even people we've had on the show, it's either I'm gonna I'm have this rigorous training schedule. I'm not gonna, you know. Uh, live this sedentary lifestyle i'm gonna i'm gonna work out and try to do all this or that or people are like you know what i'm finally gonna catch up on all 10 seasons of this show that everyone's told me about uh i know with myself it's been a little mixture of both because uh you know working over here at pro wrestling tees there's there's definitely enough work and uh as much as i told myself oh i'm gonna i'm gonna come out of this uh out of this quarantine out of this apocalypse uh swole um <laughs> I, I I have for the most part been uh, just w- catching up with television because you know, yeah. why not? That's the way to get swole. Exactly, it's the best way. I'm 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 swollen, but that's not, <laughs> that's just from uh, having you know being pregnant with too many food babies. But uh, just uh, dude, it's like it's just so funny. You're like, man, if I had the time, I'd do this, do that, do the other thing. And now that we have the time, uh, it seems like uh, I'm, I'm just comfortable. Uh, you find out just how lazy you are. <laughs> right. Well, I guess the one good thing that came out of it is uh, people are always telling me, hey, Meanie, you should start a podcast or do this. Meanie, do a podcast. Meanie, write a book. And uh, I, have a, I have a guy here in Philly, Josh Chernoff, who does a lot of stuff for Fight TV and stuff like that, who I've always seen around the conventions, and uh, he's always interviewed me. He used to do stuff with Bill Lapter, and he was interviewed. We were at MLW here in Philly, maybe in December, January, and uh, he uh, interviewed me for his new Fight TV show. Uh, and we we're doing an interview, and he asked me, you know, at the end of the interview, he said to me, Hey, man, I, I, I just want to double check. I said something, but I didn't want to seemed like i was coming off too harsh just is it cool i said i was like no it's fine but thank you for asking so like i'm driving home one day and i was like hey man you know people keep telling me i should do a podcast and 
this Josh Chernoff kid, I keep seeing him around and he's, he's really considered really thoughtful and we have a good rapport and, uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll talk to him. So I came home and, uh, hit him up on the Twitter and I was like, Hey man, you went to a podcast and we were like, yeah, we'll definitely do a podcast. And what we're going to do this is like late April. And then like this whole apocalypse thing happened and all this stuff's happening. We're like, man, we're really missing out on a lot of stuff we could be talking about right now. So we like pushed it forward like a whole month and a half. And, uh, yesterday we just, we recorded episode seven, like in the apocalypse, we recorded episode seven that comes out this Monday, uh, or whenever you're listening, uh, it comes out and, uh, that's been my apocalypse, uh, project is, uh, doing this new podcast called mind of the meanie where you you know, just two dudes like me, like we're doing right now, except this is three dudes just uh, sitting there going, Hey man, what's up? And we're just talking about what we're doing. So, uh, having a good time with that and, uh, you know, trying to figure out other ways, to be creative for when, uh, all this stuff, uh, blows over. But, uh, but having a, I've been, been doing pretty good, been pretty busy, been, uh, doing the podcast, been catching up on shows. I haven't seen in a while, seeing some, Shows I've never seen and uh, just having a good time. I mean, go all things considered, you know, in in being in lockdown, it's 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 going okay. It's going okay. What are some of these shows that you've been catching up on? Because I know myself, I just started uh, Fargo. That was a show that I, people had always told me about, and I remember the, the Coen Brothers movie from a few years back. Um, yeah, and you know, it's hard to not just fall in love with all the all the over the top Minnesota accents. <laughs> which is funny because i got i got i have family from minnesota and it's like uh it's pretty spot on oh yeah i i, I grew up with a kid from minnesota and we were, it was always just like why does charles speak like that that's weird we wonder <laughs> where, like we wonder where his family's from and uh it wasn't some foreign country it was just minnesota uh but what are some of the shows that you've been catching up because like dave you know dave and myself uh it's one of the things that we unintentionally kind of did with the show like uh we mentioned to you we sort of just one week started talking about tv and uh it's it just became like a weekly segment where it's just like catching like when when watchmen when the the watchmen series was airing on hbo uh we would always joke we're like yeah we we've, we've got this like weekly watchmen podcast where we kind of talk wrestling sometimes because uh in our intros for those shows we would just sit there for 20 30 minutes talking about this show <laughs> Not realizing, like, yeah, we're like, I hope that the, the people listening are watching the show along with us because otherwise they're just hearing a lot of names and, <laughs> you know, pl- a plot right. of stories going on that they're just like, oh, okay. Uh, I, I guess when the when everything, you know, started happening, I, uh, I've been watching uh, Ozark on Netflix, mm-hmm. which has been, uh, been a pr- it's a really good show. It's like if you miss Breaking Bad and miss it, miss having a show that has that kind of uh, tension throughout, where you you just feel like uneasy <laughs> throughout the whole show, where you're just like, ah, oh, what's going to happen next? Ozark is excellent. They just uh, finished season three. I did, uh, and we blew through that. Uh, uh, some of the shows I've <laughs> we started watching, I haven't watched in a while. But, uh, me and Mrs. Meany kind of start watching uh, the Golden Girls. Always <laughs> oh, a classic. Yeah, Golden Dude, Girls. B. Arthur could easily be like her character in the Golden Girls could easily be like a member of my family. She like 
oh my god that's my aunt riri right there like down to the t where where uh you know uh somebody will say something and she'll just have like that one uh, like a one-line comeback like you know, and it's like, oh my God, so so well written, so witty, so, and that you know, back in the day, you know, that's on primetime TV. You're like, man, that's when you could get away with saying some things. But uh, been watching Golden Girls, been watching a lot of docu series. Uh, I just finished one called Losers on Netflix, which is about uh, it's about uh, people like each episode's an easy watch. It's like 25 minutes to a half hour long. It's about people who lost in like in a major sporting event and oh. how the, how they came to grips with losing and how some of them came out on the other end of losing, sometimes in a better spot and sometimes not, you know, but it's a, it's a, it's a riveting watch. If you get a chance to watch it, it's on the Netflix called Losers. It's a really good watch. I think there's like there's been an abundance of like documentary style shows that have come out. Uh, during all this, which I think we're, we're going to see a lot more of because it's easier, you know, it's easier to produce a, uh, you know, a show like Losers where you really just need to sit down the person and, you know, need footage of stuff as opposed to coming out with more like Ozark because uh, yeah. I, I like that's that's one thing Dave and I, we talk a lot about where it's like, oh, man, like this show wrapped up its season. I can't wait for next season. But I, I like there is probably not going to be a you know another season for for a while until like at least things start start to get the ball rolling like i know i uh i read recently where you know uh marvel you know they're they're usually yeah they're usually always working on a movie to come out mm-hmm. but they're like yeah i don't know maybe september we gotta, gotta just put things on hold and i think for me that's been like the the test to see it's like all right well if marvel's working on things everyone else might be able to start working on things too uh that's that's kind of been like the one bummer with me where like I'm fine, you know, if there's no new shows for a while because I mean, you know, everyone's kind of got their hands tied and uh unlike the the people protesting the the disease, I I much understand how the disease works and how things have to be yeah. because of it. Um but I mean, luckily, you know, yeah. we have the the podcast to to kind of keep us busy. Uh I know for Dave and myself like it's it's kind of fun just weekly talking to people even just sitting down together ourselves and kind of just talking it's kind of like weekly therapy for us you know how to is it similar to yeah you? because uh like i mean you've been you know you've been more comfortable with a microphone uh because it's kind of a, a requirement of your job um but with us you know i was like oh well even when we approached ryan you know from from pro wrestling tees about it um there was really no pushback from him like we we famously yeah we were really nervous we famously tell a story where it was like december of last year where we came up with the idea we're like let's do this podcast and you know it it gets pretty busy at at the shop around that time and we kind of just kept pushing it off we're like all right next week we'll do oh you know what he's not in the best of mood today let's do it (laughs) and it finally it was just like you know what we we've got this artwork made we've got this music made let's just go talk to him about it and he's right. like the most, you know. I mean, you have you met him? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Right. He met Ryan. Ryan, Ryan's a great dude. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's pretty chill, just pretty relaxed. But he's there's just something intimidating about him. So you know, we walk into his office. Yeah, we walk into yeah. his office and we're like, uh, "Hey, Ryan, can uh, can me and Dave talk to you?" First thing, of course, he's like, "I don't have any money to give you guys." We're like, "No, no, no, no. It's it's not that." We're like, "All right, me and Dave, 
we want to start a podcast. The Pro Wrestling Tees podcast, you know, the official. He's like, all right, cool. Oh, yeah, it's like, sad. Sometimes it's yeah. just that easy. And we're like, oh, yeah. Do, do you want to hear like the, the rest of our pitch? And he's like, I suppose. I, I already told the yes. You know, we're just like, <laughs> oh, okay. And kind of just gave it to him anyway. And I think it helped me and Dave to kind of like say out loud, yeah. oh, this is what the show is going to be. This is what we're going to do. Um, because, I mean, even prior, again, I'm not sure how it was for yourself, like prior to actually recording your first episode, it's easier. It's easy to be like, all right, this is what this show is going to be. This is the format of it. But once you actually start doing it, it's very uh, like trial and error, if that makes sense. Oh, of course. Of course. Uh, I mean, um, people have always said, hey, you should do a podcast. But I guess one of the things that's kind of held me back was uh, what's the premise? And there's a few people who do pod, do podcasts now. I reached out. I was like, "Hey, man, I'm thinking down to a podcast." And they're like, "Okay, what's your what's your formula? What your uh, what are you going to do?" I was like, "Oh, really? I just don't want to have a formula. I don't have guidelines. I don't want to have rules. I don't want to paint myself into a corner." Because, I mean, you look at the landscape, you know, and uh, you know, yeah. you got. A great guy like Conrad, every show's a, uh, he's got, you know, five different podcasts and they're all excellent and just like a, a formula. And, and I'm, I'm not saying anything wrong with that. I mean, like, you know, they'll pick a topic, they'll talk about just that topic where with, uh, you know, my, what I want to do is just my, you know, my favorite podcast out there right now is Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. where two guys just go in a room and just talk. And, uh, that's the beautiful thing with, you know, having a, a co-host like Josh Chernoff from Fight TV, because we really don't talk. I mean, we, we text throughout the day. We talk about ideas for like t-shirts, stuff like this. How can we grow the podcast? How can we expand to here and there? But like, we'll go into start the podcast in the first, like maybe three or four minutes is us. It's kind of like going into a ring blind and not calling your match beforehand. You're, we're feeling each other out mm-hmm. and then somebody will say something and whatever that is becomes like a half hour conversation. And then like somewhere in there, another thing will be another germ of an idea will leak out. And then that will take a hard left and talk about something totally different. You know, we, you know, we, we pride ourselves. We, we say, we talk about wrestling movies, music, and bunch of useless knowledge. You know, I got plenty of useless knowledge that, you know, you know, I got, but I can't make money with it. So I might as well do a podcast, you know, stuff like that, you know, stuff that I usually bring up in everyday conversation. People go, yeah, Brian, that's, yeah, that's great. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, yeah. And, um, and, and when you said you, you don't know, you introduced yourself here, you're like, well, we talk about everything. I was like, that's right up my alley. Cause I don't want to be that guy who, you know, like when I, I want to do the podcast, I was like, I don't want to be, I don't have to rely on guests because there's always that guy who's like, Hey man, I want to do my podcast. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I don't want to be that guy. And I don't mind being the guest on the podcast, but like if one day there's something that gets my attention, I just want to talk about that, you know? And, uh, me and Josh have made this goal. We, we we're trying to push our YouTube a little bit more to like when we get like, say maybe 500 subscribers, 
maybe we'll bring on a guest and do like a video episode, you know, strictly video and stuff like that. And yeah, just trying to think of different ideas as far as the podcast go and just trying to keep it entertaining. I want my podcast, Mind of the Meanie, to be that thing that where if you're going on a long road trip, you just put it on in the car and you feel if you're driving by yourself, you feel like you have two friends in the car with you. Mm -hmm. And you're just along for the ride, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? It very much seems like we're that we're cut from the same cloth because like the, <laughs> yeah. the exact approach that you, exactly what you're saying about how you approach your show is the same thinking with us. Um, except like with us, we figured like it's it's so it's weird with us because you know like we, me and David like we work for pro wrestling tees, so there's a lot of like wrestlers that come through and like. We and there's been a lot of people just involved in wrestling that it's kind of like you said, you know, you you want to have like interesting conversations. So that's why with us, it's you know we have we have the wrestlers we have had on. It's like oh, this person genuinely seems like it would be fun to have a conversation with. So let's bring them on and have a conversation with because like there's you mentioned there's no shortage of wrestling podcasts and you know guys like. Uh, Jericho and Cabana, they've they've mastered the the sit down interview, you know, with yeah. wrestlers and, uh, if, you know, there, there's there's not much that we're going to be able to to do as podcasters that you know they haven't already done. So with us, it's it's a lot more fun. We, <coughs> excuse me, uh, we famously tell the story. We we had uh, Effie on, independent wrestler Effie. Show probably was about an hour long maybe five minutes of actual like wrestling talk because uh much like an episode of joe rogan you know we you start talking about one thing and it just leads to this rabbit hole of of everything right so what started you know as uh oh hey do you remember lando calrissian ends with like so what did happen to atlantis and all the just this, like random stuff in between but like when people started telling us like oh yeah that's that's what we appreciate more it's like oh okay so people people enjoy hearing the wrestlers just be real people because uh to a lot of people uh you know wrestlers are they're, they're these celebrities that they know from television and for the people that unfortunately don't get to go to you know conventions or independent shows to to meet them firsthand uh it's always it's always interesting seeing how they view wrestlers i mean again with us like through working for pro wrestling because we've met so many people so at first it's very much like oh my god like there's there's diamond dallas page (sighs) you know but then after the first few times it's like oh hello sir how are you and you kind of just get past that but uh yeah it's very well even at even at like wrestling shows and like meet and greets like you don't really get to sit down and like talk like I'm sure I'm sure you've had people come up to you and say, hey, you know, and tell you, oh, I've seen this. You, this meant so much to me. But other than that, it's like, OK, OK. And you got to you got to be mindful of the line. Or, yeah. Which, you know? is, which, which it's funny you say that because there's some people who don't seem to have a concept of, oh, there's other people behind me. <laughs> you see that all the time. Yeah, we, we have a bunch of meet and greets at the shop. And, yeah. you know, sometimes they'll bring out like 50 things to sign or. <laughs> They'll say, "Hey, here's here's the story, you know, you know, and thank you for your service." But they'll say, "This is the story of how I enlisted in in the Marines," and and then they'll just tell this whole long thing. And you know, you want to be a little respectful of that, but um, you know, you got other guys saying, "Hey, I, I want my eight by ten autograph too," <laughs> you know. Dude, so 
Dude, I'm a big uh, stand-up comedy fan, and uh, if I don't know, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the works of George Carlin. Why mm-hmm. but go, uh, dude, he's he's the best. Uh, and you just reminded me, like he he's got a bit called "People Are Boring." Oh, and I love it. See, I, you go on, you yeah, and the, the people. It's about people who just don't know when the conversation's over, and it's just. It's crazy, you know, and I'm sure like you just described where you want to give people like a, 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 like a one-on-one, like personal interaction. Moment. Yeah. But there's more people, <laughs> but there's plenty of people behind you too. So, well, and you, and you see it all the time, like the, the wrestler or the celebrity is like, okay, great. And it's, you know, they completely either miss the social cue or choose to ignore it. I, I call I call it the uh, I give them the soft landing like oh okay yeah. well well thank you for coming along and then uh, yeah. and then they go well when I was twelve you're like son of a bitch uh, you know it's just uh, it's just one of those things see when we have those like autograph signings uh, at the shop I I pride myself on just I'm like you know what like I'll tell the wrestlers you know I'll be like listen uh, listen Kenny Omega I'm like. I, like I like I will like I will give you that look. You give it to me, and I will more than gladly be like, "All right, bud." You know, like we we got to get going, because like again with most wrestlers that have done the autograph signings, it's it's they're always you know super nice. Like I think Mick Foley was like the only one person who would you know you'd have someone who would just start telling these these long stories, and you know like, again you don't know when you know when this fan is going to meet their favorite wrestler again. So there is a little bit of understanding to it, but also when we have like 200 other people, it's like, okay, you know, we, we kind of got to go, but it's funny because I specifically yeah. remember Marty, Marty Skrull and Mick Foley, both at their autograph signings, just being like, no, 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 no it's okay. We'll just keep talking. And you have to kind of have to try like a, a, you have to find a polite way to be like, no, 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 actually you can't just sit here and talk to every person for 10 minutes because, you know, like we got this line, buddy. Like we gotta go. Um, yeah. But no, it is. Uh, it's it's funny you mentioned the, the George Carlin bit because, yes, like that that is a hundred percent what I think. And, uh, you know, any anyone who knows me knows that I I discovered George Carlin way too early in my life. So anytime anyone brings him up, it's so. So how old are you guys? Um, myself, I I'll be twenty seven next month. Dave and I'm thirty eight. Son of a bitch, yeah, man! So. These guys are so young. <laughs> I discovered Carlin right at like right around the beginning of like his early eighty, like in eighty three, eighty four, when he was doing Carlin at Carnegie and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And thank God my parents let, didn't mind me watching him because I pretty much watched every special after that, and they're just like fine with me watching it because I mean, you know, with the profanity and stuff, but. George Carlin definitely had a heavy has a heavy influence on me as a not only as a, a wrestler but as a human being. Where I just like him and Bill Hicks, I pretty much question everything I see and uh, puts a new perspective on everything I look at with a you know with a not a like a skeptical eye but like a, an observant eye. You know, I'm very observant more thanks to guys like George Carlin and Bill Hicks and stuff like that. But uh, Man, you guys are you youngsters, man. You it's just like you had a lot of catching up to do there. Well, see, I have. Well, oh, go ahead, Dave. Well, spe- speaking of uh, stand-up comedians, I don't know if you heard, but like Tom Segura, had some, yeah, yeah, it, I, I told he was that. dropping he was dropping our words saying wrestling fans are are dumb and stuff. You know, 
Well, here, here's the thing, right? It's like um, I was just met doing whatever yesterday, and then I hop on Twitter, and then there's a video. Like I just go right into Twitter. There's the first video I see on my Twitter feed is him saying that he likes wrestling and all this stuff, and you know it's like stunts, but it really hurts and all stuff. Well, oh, that's neat. Yeah. So I was like, I I replied. I was like, Hey Tom, if uh, you get a chance, uh, I went, uh, Hey Tom, uh, big fan of your work, and uh, you know if you get a chance, if you go on Netflix, I'm sh- I'm sure you're familiar with it. Uh, check out the documentary behind the Beyond the Mat, and that mm-hmm. way you can see what wrestlers really go through. I hadn't seen the other stuff. That was like the first thing I saw. So I was like, Oh, Tom Segura is putting over wrestling. Oh, he gets had, it. <laughs> Yeah, and I hadn't heard the other stuff. And then, you know, of course, the other people, you know, coming to my feed. Oh, well, he said this and that. I'm like, oh, oh, mm. but, uh, you know, it's like, you know, well, it, it's I crazy. I don't think he's actually encountering a lot of wrestling fans because I don't I don't see too many outside of kids now saying it's real. No, they're really it's a real athletic contest. And, you know. Uh, well, I think the whole, for, I did a deeper dive into the whole thing, and the whole thing seems to have been him. Uh, I think he was ribbing on his uh, buddy Burt Kreischer, the other comedian, who's oh yeah, uh, a big wrestling fan. So I think the whole I didn't watch the whole. I think I think he was he was doing it to get under Burt Kreischer's uh, skin. And then, uh, you know, somebody picked up on it, and they 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 decided to share it, which. Okay, uh, you know, and maybe uh, out of context, it seems a little more piquant than. Yeah, somebody also in the thing said, if you go to this clip, you know, this is what he was really talking. I don't know. I don't really want to get it like, you know, because, yeah, you know, it's a big sensitive thing. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say wouldn't have said it, but, you know, I, you know, people got the right to say whatever they want, you know, so. Speaking of Bert Kreischer, did, did you know Van Wilder was based off of him? I just no. Yeah, I, I guess um, I think it was a Rolling Stone article. They they took a reporter down, and then they were doing like they were going to do a story on like the biggest party schools in the college system, really? and it ended up being an article about Bert, and he's basically Van Wilder. And then they ended up doing a movie, you know, with Ryan Reynolds about it, and he ended up getting a chunk of change out of it. That's um, uh, dude, I did. The well, there, 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 there goes. That's right up there with the useless knowledge thing. I, yeah. I, I love. You know, you just hit me with a little factoid there, and I'm just yeah. like, that's amazing. Because uh, again, like we're in the apocalypse and we're we're catching up on stuff. And uh, Bert Kreischer's new uh, Netflix special drop. You know, hey, big boy. I was mm-hmm. like, well, let's before we watch the new one, let's go watch the old ones. And we watched the. Uh, the one where he talks about a story about how he became, a, he was the machine, you know, machine. Yeah. Yeah. Machine. And uh, we watched that. And then now you, you just told me that factoid about, you know, Van Wilder literally being based on Burt Kreischer's college years. And it makes perfect sense. <laughs> See, the, the, the Burt Kreischer, the machine story always reminds me of uh, a few buddies and I, we went down to Florida the last time Mania was, was there, you know, so a few years back, maybe three, four years ago. And when, uh, like, when you're at the Florida airport, at least in Orlando, there's, like, the one kind of little, like, train that takes you away from the airport. And when we were on there, there was this, like, this older, they were some sort of 
Asian of Asian descent. I'm not I'm not exactly sure, you know, where they were from. I I'm pretty sure the Philippines, but you know, let's say they're, you know, and they're talking amongst themselves and they kept telling their their son who was maybe about like 16, 17 to stop telling him about the machine. And one of our buddies, he was like, "Oh, he goes, I know who the machine is." And we're like, and we're like, "All right, we're like, what do you like? What are you guys talking about?" And he's like, "I oh, don't worry, we'll tell you later." We're like, "All right." So we get to like the Airbnb and they're all just settling in, doing everything. And uh, the same buddy who knew the Burt Kreischer story, uh, he was the one. He's co- he's cooking up. He's cooking meal for all of us. And none of our buddies. He's like, he's like, "Hey, so who's the machine?" He's like, "Don't. I'll show you guys the video later. Don't worry about it." All right. And it kind of just became like the like an inside joke the whole night. We we're just like, oh, the machine on the machine thinking it's going to be some just like some stupid, you know, thing that no one uh, knew. Andre, Andre the Giant under a mask. And yeah. Like, yeah. You know. And then he like finally, finally, at some point in the night, he's like, all right, come on. You guys got And we're just like sitting around his tablet and he's just showing us his video. And I'm like, who like there's no way this man's real. This is like it's one giant like rib on all of us. But then listening to more Burt Kreischer, especially through Joe Rogan, because I listen through Joe, you know, to Joe Rogan myself, it's like, Absolutely. oh no, it's like this man is definitely like an enigma. Like it is, it is no shock to me. I, Dave, I had no idea that he was based on Van Wilder, but now that you mention it, I'm like, huh. yeah. When I heard it, I was like, no way. And then I, I read up and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> there, there's like you said that, and it's like. I can't dispute that. So I, I can't, I can't see it as being anybody else now, now that, now that you've said that little factoid that's burned in my brain and stuff like that, you know? Uh, but kind of bringing it back to, to George Carlin, how you, you mentioned, you know, you, oh, yeah. you discovered on the, sorry, I, I completely forgot. Uh, like I, oh, so cool. I, I kind of had the luxury of, um, like I had immigrant parents. So as long as it wasn't anything like overtly like, Oh, you shouldn't be watching this. They, for the most part, didn't really care what I was watching, you know, because, like, again, unless it's someone, like, overtly just, like, stabbing someone and, and cursing, they probably, they, they weren't paying attention, especially, I think, at, like, the age of 11, maybe 12, I got, like, a TV in my room, and, uh, you know, we, we got H, we had cable, and instead of, like, trying to find some sort of, like, you know, triple uh, X channel... Again, I found <laughs> I found HBO and was like, "Oh, what is this HBO?" And they had like all of Carlin's specials on there. So I just yeah. sat there just dissecting them all. And like, I would be that kid who would go to school and be like, "Yeah, you guys know who George Carlin is?" And they'd be like, "No, who is that?" And I'm like, "Oh, these words you shouldn't say. Let me tell you about him." And like, just followed his career until like his last special. And uh, like when I got in. Uh, I'm like a big Kevin Smith fan. So I I believe it was the first time I watched dogma and George Carlin is there. He's, you know, he's, he's in the movie and it was just like, it's just one of those things where you're like, Oh my God, these two worlds that I, I had no idea knew anything about each other just collided. And this is my new favorite thing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I started watching George and then, uh, it was with the Carlin Carnegie, and then uh, he he did a he was live at USC college, something like that. And it just be, like as his his bits went on, he went he started as a little bit goofy, but then like I like how his anger started coming out a little bit more in some mm-hmm. of his specials and stuff like that. And 
you know, cranky George is like some of the best George Carlin as well. And, and it's, it's just amazing stuff. And if you get a chance, uh, if you want to go down another, another rabbit hole, go on YouTube and look up George Carlin reaction videos and you can watch people watch George Carlin for the first time ever. Really? And yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I'm a big fan of the, the music video reactions where, uh, there's this guy, mm-hmm. no, no life shack. He's a hip hop guy. And he watches, uh, you know, he'll record himself watching a, you know, rock and roll song for the very first time. And one of it, one of them went viral. It was no life shack watching or listening to, uh, Leonard Skinner Freebird. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he's just lo- like losing his mind and doing a breakdown of the song and stuff like that to the point where like Jimmy Kimmel played it on his show. But, uh, I, and now I do the same thing with like, I was like, man, I want to see what, you know, I want to watch people react to George Carlin. So I typed in George Carlin reaction videos and there's tons of them. And it's, it's cool watching these reaction videos, whether it's uh, comedy or music, because it kind of reminds you of why you fell in love with something to begin with. Mm-hmm. You're like, that's exactly how I felt when I watched it, you know, and stuff like yeah, that. Seeing someone the first time. Yeah, and it and it makes material that you know by heart, and like fresh again. It it it, it makes it new again, and uh, you know. And I went back through like a lot of my Carlin stuff, started listening and watching all over again because of these reaction videos, and a lot of it still holds up to this day. You're like to the point where I'm like, man, I wish George was alive right now in these times we're going through. He was definitely ahead of his time because it's like you mentioned. You watch like a lot of his later in life uh you know uh like specials and you're just like man that is perfectly applicable to like what is going on right now like he like you mentioned angry george carlin is you know hippy dippy weatherman is fun but old, yes old angry george Indignant. Carlin, yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's just it's like the best and yeah, man. It, 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 it's it's best when you know Mr. Conductor's going off about uh people and their children and stuff like that. You know, your children are not special, and here's why. Oh. You know, and it's like as somebody who has like no aspirations to have children, it's just like it's the best commercial for uh you know birth control ever. You know why <laughs> and stuff like that. It's like it's like the ball pit at uh, McDonald's. You're like, oh man, I never want to have a kid. You know, but uh, the old cranky George Carlin, man, he just like nothing is just nothing sacred. But it, it, when he says something, you go, that's that it's true. It's like that's he's saying things that are facts and just, you know, studying human behavior. And I find myself becoming like I'll be uh, like a perfect day for me is just to go out in the middle of nowhere. Like like when we used to be able to go to shopping malls and stuff like that before the apocalypse and just sit on a bench and just look at people and just people watch or look, look over a balcony and just watch people in their natural habitat, you know, not knowing that they're being watched and just, you know, see how they behave and, you know, study patterns or whatever like that. It's just like, it was reality TV before reality TV, really, you know? I used to work, uh, I used to work at a retail establishment. So there was a lot of people watching, especially, especially working the uh, customer service desk because, like you've you very quickly learned how how smart and educated some people are, and how very uh, not smart and very uneducated some people can be because 
you know, yeah. for for every person that you have, it was like, oh, hello, this was my issue. Uh, can we fix this? And you're like, yeah, sure thing, sure thing. You know, sir, we'll we'll get right to it. Here you go. You have a great day. There's always a person that's just yelling incoherently, and uh, it very much seems like no matter what you do, it's like no, no, no. This this person very very clearly just They're fixing wanted, for a fight. Yeah, wanted yeah. to come in here and argue with someone or or be upset about something because I find that even with like uh, with social media like I I very much like you went online and saw Twitter you know wrestling Twitter angry at Tom Segura and like I saw that and was just like ah like I you know I don't agree with what he said and that's that that's you know but then you just have everyone giving their two cents and it's like man oh it's still going on right now I was just uh, yeah when, when you guys were about to call and People's good. People have to have their hot takes, and you know you're not allowed to like him anymore. And every you, you should go out and burn, you know, burn your, you know, well, you don't have records anymore, <laughs> but uh, or DVDs. But you know, oh, you know back in the day when people didn't like anything, they would throw their records out and get a steamroller and, and crush them and yeah. stuff like that. Oh, that'll teach them you know you know you, you already paid for it so what lesson are they going to learn right. but you know you know here's the thing and I, I i was just having this conversation earlier with somebody instead of, like if you see something online and it really bothers you what's the point of taking that thing that bothered you and sharing it just for right. other people to get mad and share it like like say say he said what he said and nobody really saw it except for his audience, right? Now you've gone and you've you're shared it. it. You're sharing it. And somebody in your feed who is having a really good day might see that thing. And now you put somebody else in the bad mood because you shared something that you thought you hated. And now you're making somebody else's day miserable. You know, in, in, in this day and age, people think if you're going to bury somebody, you need to talk mean about them or you need to put them on blast or stuff like that. When all you're really doing is promoting. You're putting more eyes on them. You're indirectly promoting that thing that you say you hate. Now, now on the flip side of that, somebody who was having a good day and then you go and share that clip. Now, if they agree with what he said, you just made that guy that you hate and you, the thing you hate, he said it, you just made a new fan for that guy right. to go and follow him and, you know, give him money and support him financially and stuff like that. So in my life, my, 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 my motto, I've, I've adapted, I, I just, you know, I'm 46, I'll be 47 in a couple of weeks. My motto is just ignore the bullshit. And just control, you know, deal with what you control, what you can control and ignore the BS. You know, if somebody says something you don't agree with, just move on. Yeah. You, you sharing it, it's not going to make that person change their opinion. It's, and it's not going to, you know, it's not going to change anything. But by, if you ignore it, you know, you ignore it, less people will see it. And, there's a better chance that that thing will go away. You know, you know, uh, I, I learned the best thing, you know, to, to make things I like, I hate go away quicker is just exist, you know, act like they don't exist. Yeah. You know, when you, it's like a, it's like a Twitter troll, you know, those people go online and they want to say something mean and they want the reaction. 
Yeah, or they, feed the trolls. Don't feed the troll. Don't reply. And, you know, these people live for the fact that they get blocked and they do the screenshots and they go, ha, 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 so-and-so blocked me. You know, don't, don't, you know, just control what you can control. Do what you do. Uh, support the things you love and ignore the things you hate. You know, it's, that's a, it's a good motto to have. Promote the things you love and just ignore the things that bother you, you know, and I'm sorry. There's a there's a few. No, you get by. <laughs> there's a, a few things I I took away from that. One is uh, I I have a massive DVD collection because uh, I still like having actual physical media. I know a lot Same of here. yeah, I know a lot of people. You know, they they're fine with their digital copies, but listen, the internet is going to go down. You know, event every from time to time, the internet will go down, and you know you can't load up Netflix or something. And like I'm like with me, I'm like, oh, that's fine. I have. 200 you know 200 dvds of you know let me put in the shawshank redemption or something uh right also very happy to hear that you're also you know a fan of actually collecting physical media still because yeah i mean well uh, if i can interrupt for one second the best thing about the, the best thing about still having the physical media is when you're streaming something you're still not getting the full quality right. that it, you were intended to see if you had the dvd and you put it in the player you're you're getting the full video of how they were they wanted you to see it you're getting the full sound with you know streaming okay you break bring up a great point if netflix goes down you're screwed and if you know all your stuff's in the cloud you're screwed but if you still get that physical media you just pop it right in and you still get the great quality video and audio and a lot of times with these dvds you still have the bonus material that you might not find online and stuff like that i'm a big fan of you know making of and behind the scenes and stuff like that and alternative takes and stuff like that so you know like you said i'm a big fan of still collecting physical media especially if something that's I, i really really like like music like if the foo fighters put out a new album I will still go out and fit, try to physically find uh, a, a hard copy of the album, as well as the digital. But I, I like having that hard copy. I like looking at artwork and the smell of opening up a new package. Uh, when I was a kid and was cassettes, you'd open up and there, the smell of the ink that's on there and stuff like that. And reading the liner notes and reading everything from lyrics to the sound engineer. I miss the days where you could just, you know, lay in bed, put in an album, listen track to track, read the lyrics, and and theater of the mind and, and envisioning what the song was about, and like not even having a music video for the song, but in your mind you're always creating your own music video, and you know sometimes I don't even want the artist to tell me what the song's about. I want to have my own interpretation and stuff like that. And some songs I like for the lyrical content. Sometimes I don't even listen to lyrics. Sometimes I just like the music. You know, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Freebird earlier, and like I, I love that song. I, yeah. You know, it's it's one where again, like at the shop, um, in the back of the shop, at least, you know, it's there's seven, eight of us, you know, just working, and so we have the music just playing. And occasionally, you know, when someone's, you know, you hear a specific kind of music playing, you're like, oh, okay, I know who's who's in charge of music <laughs> today. And any single time ever that Freebird comes on everyone's just like oh look at i'm like it's not me i'm like it just came on shuffle 
but more than likely, <laughs> more than likely, I queued up, you know, that and then the 17 minute version of Nagata de Vida because, you know, it's always made, especially when that comes on and people are like, man, is this song still fucking going? They're like, how long is this? <laughs> I'm like, we're only in. I, I- Anytime a song like that comes on the radio, you're like, man, I bet the DJ really had to go to the bathroom or something. Yeah. (laughs) Well, especially with uh, Freebird, that's one of those songs where, um, like in movies, specifically uh, The Devil's Rejects, I'm not sure if you've seen that. That's the the best use of it. You know, they have. Like I've I've told Dave because so Dave lives maybe about like an hour away from from over here, um, yeah. And one of my favorite things is driving to his house. Uh, there's just like a long stretch of road where you can go up to like I think like eighty five maybe ninety miles an hour. So my favorite thing is queue up Freebird, and then once you know it gets to to that final riff, I'm just like I'm gonna fucking just gun it down the expressway, and <laughs> you know. It's Dude, if you love Freebird, seriously, go on after this. We're done recording this. Look up "No Life Shack Freebird," and it'll make you fall in love with the song all over again. Just to hear this, see this guy, hip hop guy, rocking out the the Freebird, and just like, just take listen to the lyrics and just breaking it down, like you know. Oh, I, I wrote it. it I, I wrote it down it's, here. It's, in my it's notes. so cool. As you were talking, yeah, I wrote down here in my notes. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I, I have to check along with the George Carlin reaction videos because that's just, yeah, you gotta do that too. Yeah. Do that too. It seems fun. It, yeah, it's so much fun. It, it makes you appreciate. Yeah, you know, you, you'll watch it and you go, I'm glad I'm not the only one who reacted that way. You know, so it's kind of cool. Uh, well, so another thing that I, I took out of you know what you had to say was um, with David and I like kind of our approach to to this. I mean, with most things in general is like. Uh, you know, you we try to be positive and not in like a yeah. you know, not like a corny you know beat you over the head with it way, but um, like especially with it being like a wrestling podcast, you know, like I haven't I haven't necessarily been a fan of like all the empty arena shows and still making all the guys work, you know. Right. But that doesn't mean that I come on here every week and I'm like, oh, can you believe this week's match? You know they and I'm I'm like no that's you know I'm like if there's something that I like I enjoy we'll you know we'll bring it up we'll talk about it, but right. I've just I've never seen the purpose in getting you know getting as upset as some people do about things you can't control because like per, in my personal life you know my kind like my life motto is kind of just you know you I can only control uh, my reaction to other people's actions you know like if if someone puts out um you know music or a television show or a movie or, or, or a tweet or something that you don't like, don't interact with it. You know, you don't have to talk about yeah. it. I, you know, I don't have to, you know, write a, a 10 page essay about why I, why I hate this movie and why everyone should hate this movie as well. It's like, no, it's, you know, it's, it's as easy as well. I'm not going to, you, 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 you would think people, some people make it to profession, you know, like it's like the professional, duty to like hate and just yeah. be negative and i see people like it's like they every week wwe's the devil and it's the worst thing in the world and i'm like why are you watching exactly yeah why why watch why watch there's so much there's mlw there's you know AEW. there's so much alternative there's japan there's youtube put on something you like I mean, you know, if you don't enjoy the WWE product right now, that's perfectly fine, you know, but, you know, follow it from a distance. And if it seems like they're making a little bit of a turnaround to a point where you might like, 
then jump back on the train. You know, you, you, there's no law. There's nobody coming to your house, putting a gun to your head and making you watch this show and making you go online and say how bad it is. If something's that bad and you're still watching it and you're still complaining about it, then it goes from the, the, the problem goes from the product being bad to you just maybe like, like punishing yourself. <laughs> why, why would you punish yourself watching something you hate? You know, and, and like I said, the the best thing in life is to promote the things you love and ignore the things that you don't, you know, it just makes life so much easier. Well, and the, there's always that saying, you know, they say vote with your dollar. And in this instance, vote with your, your eyeballs. You know what I mean? Like if, if you hate the product and you're watching it every week solely to, you know, trash it, you right. know, rating ratings wise, they're like, this guy loves our stuff. He's watching every week. Why do we, why should we change? You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like, uh, Oh, this is horrible. Let me keep watching it. Well, if they're going to watch it anyway, why should we bother to improve it? We we must be doing something right. Right. But in in this day and age, uh, ratings are a little bit tricky too, because, you know, every Wednesday you got the two live shows between AEW and NXT. Well, you know, I don't have to watch NXT live because they put it right on the network the next day mm-hmm. without commercials. Or if I want to watch NXT, I don't need to watch and I don't need to watch AEW live because they have the the replay directly after the show. So I, well, I don't know if they're still doing it, but like they were doing the Nitro thing where like as soon as Nitro ended, the replay started right after that. So it's like mm-hmm. they've put themselves in a position where. You, it it doesn't it's not urgent that you watch it live because they give you options to watch it at another time. So you know, ratings can be a little bit tricky, but also if you're not watching it on a network day, they have ways to, you know, track it that way and stuff like that. But again, if you hate something, just don't watch. Yeah. Yeah, I I found that specific, like you know, if you don't like something, if you hate something, stop watching it with uh in my personal life with uh w- this season of Westworld. I'm not sure if you've uh, <laughs> if you watch any Westworld at all. Uh, I I I have a friend who tells me I should watch it and says it's you know the the first season's a, a slow watch but it gets good around season 2, but I haven't really had had a chance to watch watch that yet. No. Well, I, I mean, I can tell you personally, season one, fantastic. Season two, also Great. good. But this last yep. current season has been a lot of, like, people hate watching it for some reason. <laughs> you know? Like, people are just like, oh, I, oh it's not like it was before. But I'm going right. to finish the rest of the season and just, I'm like, oh, well, hey, man, like, if you really don't, you know, like, if you're not a fan of it, just, just stop watching it. I don't want to see your, your hot takes on Twitter about, and, I mean, again, some people probably are just gluttons for punishment because like I, you know, I watched it. I, I see some people's Twitter feeds and it's almost like they're auditioning for like TV guide as a TV reviewer. It's like, brother, it's just a show. I mean, if, if, if you're not, you know, financially obligated to watch, then, you know, you know, give yourself a, give yourself a break there. Well, you know, you know, what's funny is they, they always say like, you know, the internet was a great thing, but it's also like the worst thing because of anonymity. Yeah. But now mm-hmm. it's not even anonymity. It's people want you to know exactly who they are. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm special. Take a look at my hot take. And uh, yeah, it can be a little rough sometimes. Oh, absolutely. 
well, so as we kind of wind down here, um, kind of two questions that we ask all the guests that we have on, um, which is just funny because, you know, I kind of told you, we're like, yeah, we don't really talk much wrestling. And uh, I think we kind of done a good job of not really bringing it up except for kind of little pockets here and there. Um, I mean, not that, again, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just, yeah. I, I, no, no. I'm like, it's funny. Cause you mentioned up front, you're like, Oh, you're a big fan of Joe Rogan. And I very much feel that's kind of how this episode has been like a mini episode of Joe Rogan because, <laughs> you know, we just, we've got, I know he just, I, Dave, I'm not sure if you listened to it yet or, or you yourself, he had Elon Musk on recently this week and I remember, like the the first yeah. time he had him on, it was just it oh, was, when he smoked. Yeah, I was like, it was so weird because, like, I know I like I'm not a smoker, but watching Elon smoke, I was like, I'm like, you sure you've done this before, bud? I'm like, yeah, that guy's not a smoker. <laughs> you know, and then like the memes afterwards, and it was like hilarious. When yeah. it was just like, oh, like Tesla was pretty pissed, but I think like the stock went up afterwards. <clears throat> so clearly, it you know it was. He was doing right by him, and I know uh, we briefly mentioned like uh, when we had our, our buddy Effie on. We talked conspiracy theories, like the one kind of fun thing with with Twitter with the internet is seeing like the people that are just out there reaching. Like they're like, "Oh yeah, do you know his his child he just had? It's going to be some sort of biological robot." And like hearing those right. things, I'm like, "Huh?" I'm like, "All right." I'm like, that's something they're like, he's going to start a colony on the moon and all. And I'm just like, all right, I'm like, sure. I'm like, Tell me more. Because I, 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 I liked conspiracy theory theories before conspiracy theorists came along and ruined them for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, so a lot, well, like Dave and I have kind of noticed like these days, you know, before it used to be like, oh, look, the government did these crazy experiments on people. And now, you know, there's an island full of pig people somewhere. And you're like, what? Tell me more of this <laughs> island full of pig people. But now right. like, a lot of them just become really like political and right. yeah, just not really that fun anymore where I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, it's, I'm like, I'm, I'm it's less theater of the mind. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, why, why, why? Oh, I like when like, there's like uh, a big catastrophe happening and there's people on Twitter posting exactly what it's about and what happened before the cops even show up and put up the yellow tape. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's just like, Oh, this is, you know, this, this is a false flag. It's like, come on, man. You know, I'm I'm here, I'm sitting in my living room just like you, and I have no clue what's going on. How do you know what's going on, right? Well, I think you really started seeing that, like, after 9-11. Like, everyone, everyone just went crazy with that stuff. Yeah. My favorite's when it'll be, like, a two-minute video stretched into, like, an hour and a half where they're just, like, look at this very blurry frame. What does that look like? And I'm just like, I don't know because it is a very <laughs> low quality video. Uh, and right. you have a frame where I don't know what that is. And they're like, see, this is them. Like it's, it's yeah, it, it is always fun seeing the like hot takes. Like even I remember uh, when, when uh, Kobe passed away and there was just like a thread of their like, it was the Illuminati. And it's like, of what? Course. And they're like, yeah, it was the Illuminati oh, because, and they just, you just read this and you're like man you had a lot of time on your hands because it's and it's all it is always kind of just fun seeing what they have to say like i uh yesterday yesterday when we we're all working casper the friendly ghost came up and we were all kind of just wondering <laughs> we were all wondering like how did he die like what, what happened to his uncles 
And one of the guys started just he started looking it up online. He's like, "Oh, this is generally like the the proven, you know. Like, I think I believe he he stayed out too late. His parents didn't notice. He froze to death, which is still kind of morbid for like a kid's comic That's book. Horrifying. <laughs> uh, but one of the guys he found this like it was like a Reddit uh, conspiracy article where of course uh, yeah where they theorized they're like, well, no, they're like, well, if you take clues from the movie from the 1995 movie, uh, <laughs> they're like." his father was a scientist working on the Lazarus project to bring people back from the dead. And there was three drifters that came in to his like mansion to try and rob him. And they found his son. It was, they're like, Oh, it's Stockholm syndrome. Those aren't his uncles, but he just believed it because his father wouldn't pay attention to him. Just this like whole, it, it was like a whole two, three pages of just this random story and they're like yeah he you know his son dies he brings him back with this lazarus project and then you know these the cops are coming so these three guys they they kill the scientists then they kill themselves and they bring themselves back to it was just so crazy and i'm like man this was like a this is just a children's comic book that was written i think the you know the consensus is no no, no he just froze to death unfortunately his parents are a little neglectful <laughs> but i like you know my buddy's just telling me all this and i'm sitting there just enthralled i'm like and then what oh my what and that's just it's always it's always fun i want to hear more of those more of how did caster become a, a ghost and his scientist dad as opposed to like you know the lizard people are taking over because <laughs> i thought you were just going to talk about how like there's a meme that went around where they put photos side by side of Richie Rich and Casper the Friendly Ghost. Oh, yeah. that yeah, they that, do. <laughs> that that was one too that everyone. And they ba- they're they're they're, ba- they're basically identical. It's like that that's either a conspiracy theory or the artist was just really lazy that day. Or like, ah, we'll just draw the same thing and just make it a ghost. Well, that so, you so know? that one was another one that Casper was the ghost of uh, Richie Rich, and you know, same thing. They tried to they tried to get his money, and then they kill him and. He came back thinking his name was Casper. Like, yeah, that, that, that's his worker name. Yeah, that right. <laughs> his shoot well, name was Richie Rich. Speaking of that, uh, have you ever get, have you guys ever heard of uh, the Tommy Westfall uh, TV theory that uh, all of TV is somehow connected to the show Saint Elsewhere? No. So, no. There, there was a show saying elsewhere, and at the end, oh, I remember. I remember saying elsewhere, and I I know a lot of people weren't happy with the uh, finale of the show, but yeah. Go so on. it was the classic. It's this kid. He's got a snow globe, and he's looking at it, and then it's insinuated that the entirety of the show was made up in Tommy Westfall's mind, right? And he's yeah. just staring at the snow globe. But because of the cameos that ended up on the show from other shows, it made this gigantic interlocking uh, tree of shows that are canon to St. Elsewhere and thus are in Tommy Westfall's imagination. Like he's just sitting there imagining this infinite expanse of TV shows. So you would have like someone that was a character that would show up at the hospital. Right. And then that character ended up being on another TV show with a whole cast of characters and then one of those characters would end up as a guest on some other show connecting the three shows. And then it would be like this weird exponential, like reverse pyramid where every show was connected somehow. It was like a gigantic thing of like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. 
<laughs> there's like hundreds of shows that are just connected by like single links of actors guest starring on other shows as their character. That's it's, fascinating. It, yeah, yeah, you should look it up sometime. It's it's crazy. I love I love TV and movie conspiracy things like that. Those are those are harmless and fun, you know. Well, well, if I could give you, uh, I mean, you said we're wrapping us uh, wrapping us up. Yeah. If I could give you one documentary to check out uh there's a documentary it's it's based out of philadelphia and it's called the documentary is called resurrect dead and uh i won't go i won't go into it too deep because i just want you to watch it on your own and go for the ride but there's uh there was this phenomenon throughout the maybe late 70s early 80s and even to the 90s and currently where these mysterious tiles were showing up in the streets of Philadelphia. Uh, like somebody, people, these people were putting these tiles down in the street and they wound up being nicknamed Toynbee tiles, T-O-Y-N-B-E-E tiles. Because on these tiles read a message that said, Toynbee idea in movie 2001, resurrect dead, on planet oh, I've heard Jupiter. of that. Yes. So, and I actually went and got one of these things tattooed on my leg. I got a Toynbee tile tattooed on my leg because all my tattoos have like a personal meaning. I'm such a diehard Philly guy and Toynbee tiles. Basically, they started in Philly and sprouted out to New York, Washington, Chicago. And then eventually they found one in South America and the one in oh. South America wound up having an address on it linked to South Philadelphia, right? To you know, ten blocks from my house, which is insane. Holy. But if you watch this documentary called Resurrect Dead, it's fascinating. It's like a like a thriller of trying to find out who put down these tiles and stuff like that. And like the conspiracies and stuff like that. So if you're really into good conspiracies, good documentary. I highly recommend Resurrect Dead. See, I, I'm in. Yeah, like you, I very when you started talking about the tiles, I was like, "This sounds familiar." Uh, I've I've heard I've heard of this. I've I've not seen it myself, uh, but that, that's always one of like the the better things is like when watching a documentary when they're like, "We're gonna find out. We're gonna get to the root of this," and just seeing like the whole how they get there, because. Uh, there's another documentary on Netflix that came out like a while back. I know Dave, you, you saw it. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen it. Uh, Don't fuck with cats. Oh yeah, we watched that. Me and Mrs. Meany watched Don't Fuck with Cats. That's that was amazing. Hold so, I I remember uh, maybe two years ago. Yeah, about two years ago, I went up to Toronto with one of my buddies, and he's he just showing me around downtown Toronto where he lives. We're just kind of going around different neighborhoods. And at one point, he goes, "Hey, have you heard of?" And I forget the the guy's name, but he's like, "Hey, have you heard of this man?" I'm yeah, like, I was like, "No." I'm like, "Who is he?" He's like, "What? Seriously?" I mean, obviously, it was a bigger thing in Toronto than it would have been down in the states. He kind of gives me the a quick rundown of it, you know. And I'm like, "Oh, no, never heard of it." He goes, "Oh, okay." He goes, "That's where that guy used. That's where that that's where that guy lived." I'm like, "Oh." cool you know i again have no context to the story so this movie comes out and someone had recommended it to me and i'm like all right sure i'll 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 watch and i wound up binging the whole thing in one night and like same same here same here i'm just like i'm watching and i'm like there's no oh my god no fucking way and again to not spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it but when they get to like 
the ending and I forget what the movie is. Yes. But how he basic like instinct. basic instinct, <laughs> how basic instinct wraps around everything he did and how he right. just like so intricately did it. Number one, you're like, this man is a hundred percent a sociopath. If yeah. if not based on the murders he did and everything, but like the time and effort into like having everything the whole his whole series of all this stuff that's happened just based around the movie basic instinct and like it's kind of fun seeing these people who they're not detectives you know at at least not by trade like they're just people on facebook just sitting there just dissecting all these things and i again it just it blew my mind like i I sat there watching it just in one night i mind you i I had work the next day but i was like i don't care (laughs) always the case every time yeah i was like i'm gonna go into work on three hours of sleep and just non-stop tell people about this and i'm pretty sure that's what i wound up doing uh because again this is oh go ahead no 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 i I was going to i didn't mean to cut you off there but uh i love when like me and Mrs. Meany or be, be, be binge watching a show and it's late at night and like the episode will end and it starts to do that next episode starts at five, four and we look at each other. We go, yeah, we're watching the next one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that was the case with me last night with, with Fargo. Cause again, like it's been, Fargo is so- a great show, by the way. I love Fargo. I haven't seen the current one with Chris Rock, but so, well, I'm on, I'm on season one right now. And, oh okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I because it'd been so busy at work, and like I would get off late. I'm like, oh, these are an hour long. Like I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, tire myself out. So I went from episode. Th- I wound up watching like, four episodes last night. Like I got off early. I was like, all right, cool. I'm like, just uh, make some food and then you know go to bed. I'm like, I'll, I'll finish watching this, you know, this episode of Fargo. And then like before I knew it, you know, like three hours had passed by, and I was just like oh shit i'm like i should probably go to sleep i'm like because it's i'm like it's now i'm like it's now five in the morning but yeah like we know when it does that where it's like next episode it's it's easy to just like all right sure one more one more episode if not i'm like i'll just watch half of this episode and now i i i never you know i i can never just sit there and like all right i've watched 20 minutes of this it's time to to wrap it up and let me go to bed I'll, i'll i'll just sit there and fall and i'm like oh my god and then what? Yeah, uh, I recently just did that with a, a show called uh, Dispatches from Elsewhere, uh, which uh, was based off a documentary called The Institute. Uh, and it, it, they they wound up shooting a lot of that show, Dispatches from Elsewhere, uh, right here in, in South Philadelphia and Center City, Philadelphia. Uh, Jason Siegel uh, from Saving Sarah Marshall. Love uh, dude, he uh, watched. Oh, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, whatever. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm thinking of saving whatever, whatever. Uh, Mrs. Meany for the save there. Uh, but he watched a do- Jason Siegel watched a documentary, uh, the Institute, and basically wanted to make a, a TV show version of everything that happened in this show, the Institute. And, uh, it's a fantastic show that just aired on AMC. So if you get a chance to watch that as well, it's another one of those, it's kind of a feel good show. It's like a, it's like a a mystery, but like you kind of feel happy throughout the show. So it's, it's very interesting. If you get a chance to to watch that as, as well, watch, watch the documentary called the Institute and then also watch, you know, dispatches from elsewhere. 
I mean, you know, you, you keep mentioning that you're from Philly. It's funny. Uh, there's a show that I recently, uh, at you know, Ryan's recommendation, uh, the show called Dave. There's this rapper, Little Dicky. He's he's from, I believe, South Philly as well. Um, and he was like, "Oh, you should watch this." And it, the guy's he's known for more like a like comedic rap that he does like online. And also, I was like, ah, "I'm like, it's not really my thing. I don't want to watch it." But he's like, "Well, he's like, it's an FX show, so." If all, if anything else, like it's it's a really good show. And I'm like, all right, I'll give it a watch. You know, yeah. And, and very, and they're like very short episodes as well. You know, probably 20, 30 minutes, and fell down the rabbit hole of that because yeah, he he's always in Philly. He's, he's always at Sixers games too, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So he's always he's always putting over Philly teams on uh online. Well, it's like it's funny. So like with the show as well, because like I I watched the first episode and I'm I'm just like, all right, I. I get the gist of what it's what it's going to be, but then like there's one episode where they address like mental health issues, with, specifically with like bipolar disorder, and like it's done so like so well because they they don't beat you over the head with it, you know. Like there's right. there is a scene where, where where the man suffering from bipolar disorder, he's like, I have you know I have bipolar disorder, and like it, it's just the way it's addressed. It's not like a very feel good, you know. And now you know it's it's done like very well and i'm just like oh okay along with like episodes where you know it starts out like oh ha 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 this is so funny and by the end of it you're like oh my god that just destroyed me it ripped my heart out um <laughs> but i, I mean I, who, who would have to get a, a thoughtful take on mental health from lil dicky <laughs> you know? exactly like, you who, know, that's the, who knew yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it's like very similar in the vein of like uh another fx show which cl- clearly this week's episode is sponsored by fx because can't stop talking yeah. about it uh um atlanta the donald glover you know childish gambino show on fx like there's a lot of episodes where on the surface it's like oh haha yeah this is you know funny but then you kind of like dissect it a little bit more and you're like oh oh okay i'm like i i understand what it is that they're talking about and you know they're using this like there's there's one episode specifically i almost never stopped talking about it uh where it's called it's the teddy perkins episode teddy perkins yeah, teddy is this fictional character who's essentially like a parody of um michael jackson and a lot of like those stage kids and right it's the whole episode it's honestly it's like one like hour long like horror film like they aired it as one long take no no commercials or nothing it's like the one character goes to this you know he shows up to this man's house to to pick up a piano and you see right away this man, he's very like eccentric, you know, again, looks almost like Michael Jackson. He has his high pitched voice. He talks like <laughs> this. And it's just so unsettling, so weird. And like throughout the episode you're wondering because he keeps mentioning he's like, Oh, he's like, It's my brother's piano that you're buying and he's like, Oh, where's your brother? He's like, He's sick. You can't talk to him and you're like, Oh, okay. Like is, is there really a brother? And again, he's just, dead. Yeah, and then but like by the time you get through with the episode, like I, my first time watching it, I was like, what the fuck? Like, what did I just watch? I was like, holy shit. And it's something that like, I'll recommend to people constantly where, like, it, you know, it, where it's like, even if I'm, like, on a first date with a girl, I'll be like, hey, have you ever seen this Teddy Perkins episode of Atlanta? And they're like, no. I'm like, oh. And then I'll explain to them, and they're like, oh, man, that seems kind of fucked up. I'm like, oh, it is, but in all the best ways. Again, just because, you know, like, for a show to just be like, hey, we're just gonna we're gonna 
kind of shift away from the normal and we're just gonna straight up do a horror movie for one episode and God damn it, it's so good. I'm sorry. I, I find any excuse I can to talk about that Teddy Perkins episode <laughs> of Atlanta because, again, it's just. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's so. I have so to check cool. it out someday. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm sorry. I completely diverted. Uh, so as we're wrapping up now, unless we wind up talking for another half hour about <laughs> God knows what. Uh, there's two questions we ask every guest that we have on the show. Um, the first is, do you remember the first piece of wrestling merchandise that you owned? You know, as a fan, um, I always bring up my Eddie Guerrero, I'm your poppy t-shirt, which I still have somewhere in in one of these drawers over here. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a shirt or anything. You know, it could be a a program, you know, a a figure. figure. Yeah, anything. For me, I guess my first piece of wrestling merchandise I ever owned and, you know, probably still own is like the uh the wrestling magazines like i if that counts uh, mm-hmm. growing up i mean the the i mean nowadays everything's within reach you know everything's a, a click away but there was such uh, such a joy in leaving your house and going on a mission and going to a magazine or a newsstand and not knowing what you're going to see or what you're going to find and just to see the latest pro wrestling illustrated or, uh, inside wrestling or the wrestler or, uh, wrestling eye or all the main event wrestling magazines, George Napolitano magazines, and just looking at it and seeing new photos and new articles and like the, 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 the centerfolds that you put on your wall as a kid and stuff like that. Uh, that that would probably be my first and uh, most you know loved piece of uh, wrestling memorabilia, because that was my gateway. Now, I mean, I started out with WWE. That was the uh, the wrestling bug that bit me. But the wrestling magazines were my gateway to other promotions and just theater of the uh, of the mind. Yeah, I would I would love when like wrestling magazines would have. So they, it would be like kayfabe, but like it almost felt like yeah. the precursor to like a dirt sheet. It's like, is there a rift between Hulk Hogan and Macho Man behind the scenes and is Elizabeth behind it? And then like the guy would write a whole article about we spoke with Hulk Hogan. and He didn't want to comment about the rift between him and Macho Man. It would just seem like an extension of the story you would see on TV. And that was always like the juicy Inquirer version of wrestling, you know? Yeah. See, for me, yeah. I because I, I, I mentioned I didn't get into wrestling until I was about 12. I mean, obviously, I was familiar with it, but like I found wrestling magazines uh, were like the perfect way to kind of just catch me up with things. Because the, the, first, the first show I ever watched was uh, the, Smack, the Go Home Smackdown before WrestleMania 20. And so I had no idea who anyone was. You know, I was like, listen, there's this Eddie Guerrero and this Kurt Angle guy. I don't know who they are. But I'm fucking in. I want to see these two guys, these two guys fight, and like buying the magazines and kind of just learning. Oh, okay, this is who this person is. Oh, okay, this is who this person is. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. They had this wrestle WrestleMania. They had it last year. It's like, wait. They've had 19 other uh, 19 other shows just like this, and kind of just falling down the rabbit hole of like learning through that because, I mean, the internet would have been accessible at that point, but. Like at twelve, I don't know. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm gonna, you know, the internet's just for like funny YouTube videos and things like that. So it was 
like even now the ones that I have, like it's fun kind of just reading through like all like the kayfabe articles where you know it's it's like you mentioned, Dave, where it's like, do these people have a beef and who's behind it? And you're <laughs> just like, oh, damn it. Well, now I have to buy next month's edition because yeah, I'll find absolutely. Out, yeah, I'll find out then. Um, and so our, our second question is, uh, which I think might be the magazines for you, but uh, what is your most uh, favorite piece of wrestling memorabilia that you own? I mean, you already kind of said the magazines, but is there anything else or the magazines? Oh my god! Um, I had okay. Here's a little bit of a humble brag. Uh, it, it just popped into my mind uh, when when WrestleMania four and five were in Atlantic City. My grandfather worked at Trump Plaza where WrestleMania four and five were, and his uh, he worked security, and his bosses knew that his grandson was the world's biggest wrestling fan, according to him. So uh, my grandfather came home one day, and he had a media guide to WrestleMania 4. And it's it was like a you know like a trapper keeper or like a like one of those binders you have at school, but on the outside it says Trump Plaza WrestleMania Four or whatever, and then you open it up, and it would have like color glossy eight by tens of Vanna White and Bob Uecker and Hulk Hogan, and then it had the lineage up to that point of every WWE. Uh, champion and you know the breakdown of the tournaments and all this stuff and stuff like that so i've i've been hanging on to that for a, a good bit where uh you know uh and inside you know i you know of course i went to i was fortunate enough to go to the wrestlemania four and five fan conventions at trump plaza and i still have like the little pieces of uh you know, you know, when you go to a hotel, they got the uh, hotel stationery. Well, I have mm-hmm. the Trump Pass stationery with autographs from like Davy Boy Smith and all these different guys and stuff like that. So, uh, I guess my favorite piece of that would be my favorite piece of wrestling memorabilia, just because it's so maybe I guess rare would be the That's word. That, rare. Uh, yeah, it's pretty rare that you know. My uh, grandfather's boss, you know, head of security at Trump Plaza said, hey, give this to your grandson. And all these years, years later, I've, I've hung on to it. So, yeah, that would probably have to be yeah, that, that. It took me a second to think. But, you know, that, that's probably one of my favorite pieces of wrestling memorabilia. That's pretty rad. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. To, yeah. To think back on that, that literally just someone someone trying to be nice to someone's grandkid and like now you hold that and you you treasure the that cherished which, yeah which yeah. again it's like kind of you know to, to bring it back around to what we were talking about earlier it's just like be nice to people kind of just like the things that you like and like in that instance it was someone saying oh hey i, I know a guy you know his his grandkid likes this you know it might make his day and now all these years later like that's something to that you still have and still like treasure that's you know it's it's pretty good. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good uh, times. Good times. Well, Meanie, uh, you know, we, we've uh, we've talked to you for quite a while now, and you know, we've we've appreciated you taking time out of your day to you know talk a little bit of this, that, and the other with us. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, if you want to support, or I mean, if you want to find a Blue Meanie, uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram, and now Cameo at uh, Blue Meanie BWO. So if you want to. Uh, follow me online or you want me to give you a little shout out and cameo go to blue mini b 
BWO. Uh, of course, if you want to support the Blue Meanie, uh, what, what more of a fitting way than to go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. I got plenty of BWO shirts there and a lot of shirts that myself and Mrs. Meanie designed as well. Uh, if you want to support my uh, podcast, Mind and the Meanie, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind and the Meanie. We have a lot of we have uh, logo shirts for Mind and the Meanie, and we have plenty of shirts that are inspired by things we have talked about in the shirt uh, on the show. Uh, one of my favorite shirts right now is uh, Meanie Burgers, which uh, I you know I just happened to say off offline that you know an offhand comment where man always just wanted to be the face of a franchise you know you know i could be like a meanie you know, i have my own line of meanie burgers and i just walk around like i'm the mayor so and then uh josh Chernoff, my co-host went and made that a, a reality and we have uh meanie burgers uh the meanie burger t-shirt over at pro com slash mind and the meanie which i gotta say you, the- you've got some pretty nice looking shirts because there's uh there's no shortage of people with like very generic looking t-shirts, but I like all yours. Like I know, uh, uh, so there's some thought put behind them. Yeah. <laughs> so one of, one of my jobs over at uh, pro wrestling tees is, uh, when wrestlers, when they want, um, like t-shirt or, or when they order t-shirts through Ryan, I'm the guy who, you know, gets, gets that taken care of, ships it out. So I actually, I know I just, I believe I just sent you over some shirts uh, and I was like looking. It's probably it's probably the Meanie Burger shirt. Cause that's yeah, the one I, I had. yeah. That's what I was like when you brought up that one. I'm like, I'm like, I know I've seen that. You're describing design. I'm like, I, I know I've seen that. But no, you've got some, you got some pretty cool shirts, and that's not even just you know me blowing smoke. I I genuinely yes. Go to go to his Pro Wrestling Tees page because yes, he, he has some pretty cool looking shirts. And that means a lot too because I'm sure throughout the day you've seen enough shirts where you're like. Oh, this shirt again. And uh, I'm sure for you to, to to point out that, you know, some of my shirt designs are memorable when, uh, well, let me try to say that again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they say my shirts are memorable considering all the shirts you probably see throughout a day means a lot to me. So I appreciate you saying that. Well, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so thank you again, you know, for, for being on the show. We, Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me on. Uh, I love pro wrestling tees. Uh, you know, I love having a good conversation, but you know, uh, pro wrestling tees, especially in these times are, is it, is an asset to the wrestling business. It's an asset to wrestling fans and wrestlers alike. And then it's times where we're not allowed to go out and have shows and, and not allowed to congregate and stuff like that. Pro wrestling tees still allows us to have, uh, a connection with the fans, whether, you know, through the shirts and, or doing this podcast and stuff like that. So, uh, this, the, we've been on here in an hour and it's, it's flown by and, uh, I'm like, where did the time go? But you know, that's what happens when you have a good conversation. So I appreciate you having me on. I'm, I'm I appreciate the hard work you guys do over at Wrestling Tees to make sure that, uh, you know, we, we still keep in touch with our fans and we still have that, you know, uh, connection with our fans. No, of course. I mean, that's, you know, kind of Dave and I, you know, we we talk a little bit off air where we're like, man, for the past few weeks, actually, where right now with people not working, it's like, oh, are it's like our T-shirt sales going to suffer? You know, are we going to be less busy? But we've been like, busier than ever. Yeah, we've been busier than ever. Because, I mean, again, you know, people are like, oh, you should catch up on this or watch this. And I'm like, I've 
I just don't have the time. And it's it's a good problem to have to be like, oh, during the right. pandemic, you know, we're we're super busy. But no, I mean that's you know from being from the outside looking in like i think it's awesome that so many people right now when a lot of people aren't working are still supporting all their favorite wrestlers because yeah i mean you know it's it's very silly to it's very silly to be like oh you know it's buying a t-shirt to say out loud at least it's like oh buying a t-shirt is going to make a huge difference but like no yes if you can get you know x amount of people to just purchase one t-shirt you know for 20 25 bucks like it's gonna make a big difference and you know absolutely it, yeah, and you know it's for those of you who don't have the means no worries you know there's other ways to support uh like listening to the blue meanies podcast um but for <laughs> for those of you you know who can like i think it's awesome you know again especially like us being shorthanded during you know this time i've I wear many hats at Pro Wrestling Tees, and lately I've been printing and just like looking at some of these invoices. I'm like, oh man, like people are still spending like a nice chunk of change supporting their wrestlers. So that's always, it always warms my heart to see that. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Well, thanks again. Uh, and yeah, like, thank you, so you know, much. Dave and I almost after every interview, you know, we say that went, that went awesome. We should have them on again uh, at some point down the road. We hope to have you on again. You know, once this apocalypse is over, hopefully we can all <laughs> get together and, you know, uh, do one of these in person. Because like you mentioned, an, an hour, almost an hour and a half has flown by and uh, we're not for this little, you know, timer thing. I, I probably wouldn't have even noticed. Yeah, same here, buddy. So uh, that's a testament to uh, the good job you guys are doing. So, all right, Amy, uh, take care. All right, uh, have a great day. Have a great day, and stay healthy and stay safe. Thank you again to Blue Meanie for that interview. Uh, yeah, man, I it was funny. You you were talking uh, that that documentary he was talking about, um, the one with the little squares. The twin beat, yeah, the twin I've seen house. it. Yeah, yeah. And when he was telling me about it, I was like, I remember that. And then I didn't want to be like, oh, I already saw. This. <laughs> I looked it up, and I was like, oh yeah, I definitely saw this. Yeah, it's very. I, yeah, once he, I'm almost positive I might have heard of it at least because um, it sounded familiar when he talked about it. And then you bring yeah. it up now, I'm like, oh okay. Like I, I, I definitely have heard of that. Yeah. At least from at least from what I remember. But yeah, again, love their conversation with him. We say it a lot. We bring it up in there where I'm like, oh, I always say like we're gonna have you back. Blue Meanie is definitely someone that we need to have back on because yeah, I mean, there was friend of the show, friend of the and show. And I also like you know he did the same thing that we did. A bunch yeah. of people said you should do a podcast, and he just said, you know, it's very easy to say I don't know anything about that. Why would I do it? But he just said, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, let's do a podcast, and now. It exists. Yeah, and and it's, it's as easy as that. And like since so since yesterday when we recorded with them, like uh, I was at the shop yesterday, you know, doing some work. I was there working by myself on a Saturday, and uh, I uh, downloaded some of his episodes and I was listening to it, and I'm just like, oh man, like this is great. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's nothing more I enjoy than just hearing people talk about things that they're passionate about. You know, yes, and, yeah, like you know go 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 find his podcast and listen to it it's it's really good you know he's he's a very good speaker you know he's someone who has yeah. a lot of stories to tell um i think it's super cool that you know he has like uh like such a like such a rich history of 
just being in wrestling, being around wrestling, and that that's not even like the most interesting thing about him. You know, it speaks volume yeah. onto like what kind of person that he is. That there, you know, there's there's Brian and then there's Blue Meanie, and both are very interesting people. You you know what I wanted to tell him, and I didn't because one I was scared. So hopefully, if he's listening to this, um, I always thought like so he was in he was an ECW original, and I always thought. That guy is too nice to be hanging around all these guys. Because <laughs> you think of the ECW mythos, or like you know, you think of like the New Jack, all the characters, Sandman, yeah. yeah, you got New Jack, all these violent guys, and and then you know, there's also the stigma of like drugs and rock and roll. And when I think of the Blue Meanie, and I don't mean this as an insult in any way, so please, Meanie, don't take it this way. He reminds me of Ralphie from a uh, Christmas story. This, okay. This, this wide eyed little kid, nice. And just like picturing Ralphie in that, in that locker room. I'm like, it doesn't make sense, but somehow it did make sense, you know? Um, and he added, you can't have blood and guts all the time. And he added that little entertainment value. And that's, that's what was so special about something like ECW is you could have a barbed wire match where Sabu is ripping his bicep halfway off. And then you can have the Blue World Order, you know. Yeah, no, so. that definitely. Like he, there was, there was a spot for him in that company. In that company, and you know, he definitely fucking like he sees his yeah, opportunity. He sees the opportunity, and yeah, I, yep. he was great. You know, he was great in in the BWO, and yeah, like it's it's funny now that you mentioned it. Yeah, I mean, especially speaking to him, it's like, yeah, you. What were you? What were you? What was a nice uh, Philly boy like yourself doing with all these ruffians? Um, so. but no, it was yeah, it was, it was great speaking with him. Um, yeah, very very happy we got to do that interview with him. Um, I'm also very happy for uh, for the return of an old friend. You know, here here we yes. are talking about a new friend that we just made, but uh, the return of an old friend. Uh, one of our favorite segments, you know, that that's come out of this show. Um, ooh, also very quickly, speaking about old friends, cousin Jeremy came by the shop. Oh, how's he doing? Uh he's doing great. He's doing good. Um he said he is behind on some of these episodes, so God knows when he'll listen to this, but uh cousin Jeremy, uh when you're listening Ow. to this, you were at the shop earlier in the week and uh it's happy you came by. Uh but the that that is not the old friend that we're talking about. The old friend that we're talking about oh. is uh weekly segment that we produce at least used to until they got a, a little too busy you know here with work and uh that's changed now because uh old old segment old favorite segment uh fan of the week uh oh yeah we missed your fan of the week fan of the week yeah for those of you unaware uh we take the beautifully uh the beautiful worded uh they all make sense all these emails that we get from fans uh as it pertains to hey where is my merchandise or just general comments things of that nature uh and we have a fun little theme for it provided by a friend of the show kevin aldridge and uh yeah we know we have we haven't had it for a few weeks now but uh we brought it back so without any further ado let's go ahead and get into this week's fan of the week Discrump and stank i'm riding today to be the fan of the your services suck, my order is fucked. Place this morning I'm free. I hope it keeps you awake. You ain't ever getting Omaha steaks. Sign your fan of the week. Have a nice day. 
Okay, this is a correspondence. This is from Jim. Jim hails from Parts Unknown, and this is the correspondence he had with Maggie at Pro Wrestling Tees. I'll be playing the part of Jim. And I'm Maggie. Okay, all right. Where are the T-Iron Iron and Waffles t-shirts? Hello. Thanks for contacting us. I'm not familiar with that shirt. If you let me know what wrestler that is for, I would be happy to look into that for you. Maggie. Okay, so you're not a fan then. Tony Falk from NWA Power. Ask some of the real wrestling fans in the office and see if you get a reaction out of them. Makes sense. You are a woman and not smart man who knows Iron and Waggles shirt. Have a nice day. Thank you again to Wes and uh, Ashley Allen, you know, the the head honchos of uh, the Allen Club over there uh, for that wonderful fan of the week. Um, we, got, we got some more fan of the weeks coming, you know, from from the rest of the Allen Club. Uh, but those are for those are for a later time. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know Cash, uh, his son, he plays the ukulele. I'm going to see if I can get him to uh, do a, a ukulele version of the song for us because, uh, you know, Kevin's beautiful song that he composed for us, I think that would sound really cool on a ukulele. Yeah, get a, get a nice cover of it. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Um, and yeah, before we go, you guys, uh, thanks again, everyone who's, you know, who's stuck around to, till, you know, this end over here, who's listened to everything. Um, if this is your first time listening, you know, welcome friend of the show. Um, we hope you stick around and listen to some of the older episodes. Again, we have so many fun ones. You know, we recently just recorded one with Daphne, uh, and yeah, that one was, that one was super great, super fun. A lot of people, yeah. you know, really like that one. Um, recently on NXT, we had a killer cross debut. Did you get to see like this beautiful, extravagant fucking badass entrance of his? Yes. Listen, I'm so happy for killer cross. And for, for those of you that don't know, we recorded a bunch of stuff that we couldn't say. Um, he was just not happy with where he was. And so now, he turned that uh, negative into a positive, and I can't wait to see what's going on with uh, Carrion Cross now. So yeah, Carrion Cross now no longer Killer Cross. Yeah, super excited to see what's happening with him. Um, I'm and also, Scarlet and Scarlet. Yeah, the the two like they just they come off as you know huge deals, big deals. Both super talented people. So it's uh, it's fun. You know, it's I'm I'm excited to see where they go with them. You know, they're yeah. Well, and for those of you that listened to the Killer Cross episode, um, at the end, we told him about Stupid Michael making comments about he would be a better man for Scarlet. Since Killer Cross replied, we've not heard a peep about Scarlet out of Stupid Michael's mouth. Yeah, which which is good. You know, Michael, that's I, that's somebody's yeah, yeah. that's somebody's girlfriend, Michael. You can't just be talking about yeah, that like that. Leave it alone, bro. Man, Jesus, Michael. This guy gets one fancy uh, M3 Toys graphic for his office. and you know. <laughs> uh, But, yeah, guys, uh, so thank you again for everyone who stuck around. Um, who I'm – I really quick before we go, I, I was reading earlier. I'm not sure if you saw it too. Apparently, uh, they're finished with uh, WandaVision. So Ooh. that show might be coming out sooner sooner than we all thought because it's you know it's supposed to be one of the Disney I Plus welcome shows. It. Yeah, I'm yeah. I, I 
give me you know give me all the all the marvel shows that that you can super excited for that uh also for mandalorian season two they confirmed that uh i don't know was it season two season two or three uh of the mandalorian boba fett. yeah boba fett that he's coming back Whew. Uh, yeah i'm so much to look forward to. Yeah, so much to look forward to. I'm, I actually want to start watching that Clone Wars show just to familiarize myself with. Because apparently he might also come back as a character named Rex. Don't mm. don't know who he is, but people are like, oh, he's a you know he's a he's a cool character. He's one of those Clone Wars characters. I know they just finished wrapping up the show, so I right. think now you know now is time. You know now is the time to to start watching the show. So probably gonna yeah. start checking that out as well. Um, there's. Listen, there's a lot of good TV out there and not enough time. Not enough time. Even even though we have a lot of time with this pandemic, there's still not enough time. We're living in a golden age. Yeah, right. It's it's a good problem to have. I oh, I have too much work. Ugh. Uh <laughs> but yeah, guys, um unfortunately this is uh this is that time of the week where Dave and I, you know, we, we come to the realization that uh we've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast. Yeah. Well, I'm done. Yeah, I'm I'm done as well. Uh, so thank you again to everyone for listening. And uh, until then, you guys, I've been Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. Unfortunately, we've run out of things to say. And so, well, we must bid you adieu. So until next time at the PWT's cast, goodbye and good night. Bang. Bang.